The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Yes, you are. Today's buzz, insurance. Ooh, I can hear you all getting all rattled out there. Let's talk about it. The insurance industry is now on a paper-to-digital journey. Think about that. It will affect every aspect of its business, especially... Here, wait for it. The customer experience. Really? Really? They're going to pay attention to the customer experience? We can only hope they finally get it right. I have a panel of four experts. They have a lot to say on this topic. Let me tell you about the quotes they sent me before the show, and then we'll hear from them in a few minutes. Joining us, a return guest is Kathy Ann Hudson from IBM, and she said the following, The consumer's connected life where everything is intelligently connected, that's a big one, opens up the possibility for refreshed thinking in the insurance industry. I hope they're listening, and I hope they're feeling refreshed by your remarks, Kathy. We'll hear from you in just a couple of minutes. Also joining us today, a newcomer to the show, is Deb Smallwood, the founder of SMA. I'll translate that strategy meets action. And she quotes, well, Steve Jobs, he shows up here on the show from time to time, and she says, innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. Profound words from Steve Jobs. Nate Goley is also joining us. He's a return guest. He's from Insurance and Technology Publication. And he's quoting, ooh, President Obama. And the quote is, there you can compare insurance plans side by side, the same way you'd shop for a plane ticket on Kayak or a TV on Amazon. And that was President Obama talking about the, uh-oh, healthcare.gov website. That's a whole separate show. Thank you, Nate. We'll be hearing from you in a minute. Rounding out the panel is another newcomer. She's a colleague of mine at SAP. Her name is Pat Saparito. She has an interesting pun to give you. She says, beware of geeks bearing gifts. Well, a little, little permutation on beware of Greeks bearing gifts. We'll talk about the Greeks later. Pat says, big data is everywhere, but the real issue is getting big value from big data. It doesn't get any more profound than that, Pat. So join us for the next hour when we talk about the digital insurer, customer centricity trends, Part 2. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. Those of you keeping track, this is episode number, what, 111? Started the show back in the fall of 2011, and here we are. In case you're also counting today, we're live. It's Wednesday, November 13th, 2013. Let me introduce my panel. you hear their voices, and then we'll find out what they really meant by their quotes. First up, Kathy Ann Hudson. She's Global Insurance Segment Leader for IBM. Global Insurance, 
specializing in technology solutions that help insurers. I like that, help insurance, because we think they need help. Help insurers develop compelling customer experiences and winning distribution strategies. Kathy's 14-plus years in the financial services industry include roles at Citigroup, New York State Insurance Department, and McKinsey and Company. Kathy and Hudson, welcome back. How are you today? Hi, Monty. I'm great. Thanks for having me back again. Thank you. Our pleasure. You were so good the first time we couldn't help it. Where are you calling from today, Kathy? I'm calling from New York City today. Okay, so you should be sharing my weather system. I'm on Long Island. It's a gorgeous, sunny, blue sky day. The trees are slightly waving. Leaves have changed color, but more importantly, it's dry and cold. Same thing over there, Kathy? Absolutely. It feels more like January than November. Thank you. Did you see the snow yesterday morning? Yes, I did. I was out in the snow. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Quick change. Okay, thanks for joining us. And let's move to Deb Smallwood. Deb is the founder of SMA, as I said, Strategy Meets Action, a strategic advisory services firm offering research, advice, and consulting for insurers and solution providers in the insurance industry. Respected and acknowledged as an industry leader for her strategic thinking, thought-provoking research, I like that, and consulting skill, Deb is a keynote speaker at major insurance industry events and a contributor to insurance and technology publications. Welcome, Deb Smallwood. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. It's just great to be part of the broadcast today. Thank you. Oh, we're so glad. And you are stepping in for our friend Mark Brading, also from SMA. And please send good wishes, shout-outs out to Mark and his wife. I hope everybody's fine. And, Deb, where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Dover, New Hampshire, and ditto on the weather. It's blue sky, cold, crisp. Feels like January. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, us East Coasters, we'll have yeah. to see if we have anybody else from another weather planet. Let's turn to Nathan. He lets me call him Nate because we're such good friends. Nate Golia is Senior Editor of Insurance and Technology. He joined the publication in 2010 as Associate Editor, and Nate covers all aspects of the nexus between insurance and IT, including mobility, distribution, core systems, customer interaction, and risk management. A veteran of the trade press, Nate worked as a database marketing reporter and copy editor for Direct Marketing News and assistant editor for the Toy Book. Very, very interesting. And you're a proud Western New York native. Where are you calling from today, Nate? And welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you. And sorry for not offering more variety as I am in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> well, do they allow blue skies and crisp weather in Brooklyn? I haven't checked recently. <laughs> it, is, it is a lovely, very cold day here. It is good. Boy, we're very East Coast-centric here. That's interesting. Pat's got to bring this up in another direction here. Pat Saparito, Senior Director in the Global Center of Excellence for Analytics at SAP. She helps customers improve their business performance. Before SAP, Pat led Teradata's insurance and healthcare consulting team and was a director of the Meta Group's Insurance Research Service. Let's see what else. Pat is a contributor to the Best Review Technology Insights column and SAP Decision Factor blog. And not only that, she holds the designation of Chartered Property Casualty Underwriter. That's a big business card. Pat Saparito, how are you today? I'm great, Bonnie, and I'm sorry we've got a quorum here. (laughs) So I'm in Cliffside Park, New Jersey, overlooking the Hudson (laughs) and watching for whitecaps. I'm not sure the wind's blown up enough. So. (laughs) 
I I think this is the first time we've had an East Coast centric panel, and me as well. I'm I'm thrilled to have you all. So if anybody wants to tweet other weather, we'd be happy to hear it. Malcolm is in Palo Alto. I'm sure he'll say something. And Gina Myers, by the way, is on hold. She's listening and she's enjoying the show so far. And Gina, when we get to the part about what's in your cup in the second segment, I hope you will tweet at hashtag SAP Radio and tell us what you're drinking today because that matters. Oh, Gina's in the UK. We have to get a weather report from Gina. Gina, you've been requested here. So to my panel, let's go back and take a deep dive into your opening quotes. Very, very interesting. And and we are here today to try and solve the question of will the digital insurer make things better for the customers? I think that's really our core issue and you're all experts. So let's get started. Kathy Ann Hudson from IBM and also a shout out to David Slavinsky, our wonderful friend at IBM. He, uh, Kathy says the consumer's connected life where everything is intelligently connected. I sure hope so, Kathy. Opens up the possibility for refreshed thinking in the insurance industry. It sounds optimistic, Kathy. Talk to us, please. Yes, it is indeed optimistic. So one of our recent studies from the IBV uh, called the Customer Activated Enterprise shows that CEOs across all industries are preparing for the future. By opening up their organizations to more customer influence, uh, they're pioneering digital and physical innovation, and they're also crafting engaging customer experiences. And with the rise of technology in terms of the connected home, things like home health monitoring, telematics, and the connected vehicle, it's really a good opportunity for insurance companies to really engage and listen and nurture the relationships with customers that is technology-enabled. Kathy, do you think they get it, the fact that customers are not happy, that we need more, that we need something that is truly customer-centric, that we want to matter as individuals and not just another annuity policy or another renewal of how many policies we have? Do they know that they really need to care about us? Yes, I think so. I think based on the conversations I've had all year with uh, our insurance customers across the globe, I think I would say many of them are actually thinking about this issue around customer centricity and how they can make their organizations more customer centric. Okay, we need to know that they care. Thanks, Kathy. We'll hear a lot more from you during the show. And I also want to tell everybody that Gina is in UK and she says it's cold and rainy in London today. Thank you very much, Gina. Myers, appreciate that. Okay, and a shout-out to David Slavinsky, who says, you have a listener that's not in New York. I'm in NC. That must be North Carolina, and the weather's in the 40s. Burr. Thank you, David Slavinsky. We're turning this into the Game Changers Weather Show. Okay, Deb Smallwood, SMA. Here's your quote, and you quoted Steve Jobs, who is always very quotable. Innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower. Deb Smallwood, how does that apply to our topic of customer centricity trends in the new world of digital insurance? Talk to me. Well, Steve Jobs, I've always been an admirer, like many of Steve Jobs since the 1980s, and his charismatic personality, right, and his passion and drive to be different and to be a leader and to think differently and create products and deliver them and package them and market them, that really is game-changing. That really changes the whole customer experience. So to take that quote, innovation distinguishes between a leader and a follower, and apply it to insurance, 
it's really applicable, right? Insurers have a choice today to be a leader or a follower, and they can leverage the concept of innovation. They can create a culture of innovation, give permission to rethink the way we process, produce policies, the way we generate products. And when we look at paper to digital, it's really going to require the insurers to be innovative and to think differently. And those insurers that take the spirit of innovation like Steve Jobs and apply it will be that next generation of insurers, I believe, in the 21st century. Well, that's good. And when we get to the crystal ball segment at the end of the show, I'd like you to elaborate on that with your predictions, Deb. You know, sure. if anybody really cared about the customer experience, it was Steve Jobs. And so I'm, I'm pleased that you picked his quote because we can consider him a paradigm for what we'd like other industries to care about. We matter. It's our dollars on the line. In the case of insurance, it's our protection, our lives, if you will, aspects of our lives. We want them to care. We do matter. Scream it from the rooftops, right? Scream it from social media. Thank you, Deb. And let's turn to Nate Golia, Insurance and Technology. And you quoted President Obama. I think that's the first, maybe the first time we've had him quoted on the show. And you said, there you can compare insurance plans side by side the same way you'd shop for a plane ticket on Kayak or shop for a TV on Amazon. And, of course, he was talking about the healthcare.gov website. First, why did you pick this quote, Nate Gully, and relate it to our big topic about customer centricity for the digital insurer, please? Well, it's interesting because um, without getting into what's happened since then, the, the, the idea mm-hmm. of the healthcare exchanges are being sold as this is something that people are used to that will sort of simplify the insurance buying process, which is very complex, um, especially yes. for health insurance. And uh, you know, even hearing the president sort of acknowledge the sort of change in how products are bought and sold. If you really think about it, I mean, he could have, we could have done this whole thing through agents. We could have done it through um, mailing applications on paper. But a big selling point of it was that you could do it online from your home. And uh, whether it, just because it happens to be insurance, it's, it's nice for this, but it really applies to so many other industries where you're just really seeing um, a wide acknowledgement of the fact that the way commerce is is uh, is done these days is different than how it has been, you know, 25, 30 years ago. So, Nate, is the key point here, and all things aside about what happened with the website or what's going on with it, all things aside, is the side-by-side aspect the part that's customer-centric? If it's not described in lay terms, we all know what that is, real real people, the way real people talk, is it still going to help even if it's side-by-side, if the language is beyond most people? What do you think? Well, it really depends on how much people are willing to do the work and sort of understand definition of terms and understand the differences um, in, in the plans that are side by side. But really, when you're talking about the experience, it's the experience of, um, you know, being in, being at your computer, at looking at, at two things at once, at being able to compare um, mm-hmm. products um, as opposed to, you know, maybe being offered a product in one agent's office and going to another agent's office and getting a different uh, product or not really having that side-by-side um, look at it if, if one agent's offering you two things. It's just, you know, it, 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 people can identify with the concept of here's a number of different prices um, and here's the one I want to pick. And whether or not, you know, you understand what goes into the prices, that that is going to that's going to require some legwork, but I know they, exactly. they work hard. Exactly. It, it's, it's what is my budget for insurance? What does my family need? What's the bare minimum? Can we get by with this? Is this cost effective? But to me, what's more important, Nate, and, and to the whole panel, and Pat, we'll get to your quote in just a second. Uh, what's more important to me is the terminology 
that to me would be the stumbling block. If you're, if you're using terms like deductible, co-insurance, co-pay, and people don't get it and there's no glossary, there's no vocabulary list. For people who have been uninsured, it really won't help to see it side by side because they still won't know exactly what they're getting into. But we can cover that later. Thank you, Nate. Good points all. Pat Saparito, SAP. So we're turning on its head the old saying, beware of Greeks bearing gifts. And apologies to our Greek listeners. And Pat says, beware of geeks bearing gifts. So who are the geeks, Pat? Is it the people who worked on healthcare.gov? OMG. Is it President Obama for talking about it? Is it Kathy for being so optimistic about refreshed thinking in the insurance industry. Talk to me, Pat Saparito. What's your point of view? Well, I think it's I think it's certainly industry pundits, and having been a former one, I can be accused of it. But um, mm-hmm. but it's it's internally within the organization, and I think what we see inside insurance companies is that everyone's touting the technology. Unfortunately, people are not really applying it to what is the business value that can be derived from big data, um, and and how and the real issue really is. Can you think about what is innovation? How can your in, how can your business be transformed through the data, through the insights in that data? And how do you think differently? Think out of the box to think about how your world would be different. So to just just um, piggyback a little bit on um, uh, on some of the prior discussions, um, thinking about what what would it be like? We don't have to go through the twenty questions in Obamacare, right? On the application, are there four questions that are proxies that get you to the same place? That's an example. Okay, Pat, what do you think? Are the custom are the companies really paying attention? How long ago were you in the industry in in the the guts of the insurance industry, Pat? Is that something recent before you came to SAP? Or are you still doing it? Um, so I'm, I still work with customers, obviously, in the insurance industry, and talk to them. You know, I've re- literally, you know, at least once a week, I have a conversation with a customer and am involved in co innovation projects with them. Uh, and I'll bring some of that back. But, I mean, they haven't worked directly in the industry as an underwriter or claims person for probably 20 years, right? But I'm still involved talking to those folks uh, pretty much on a weekly basis. And what's the mindset, Pat? Would, would Could you say confidently that they care about the customer experience? Is is the paper-to-digital transition or journey, and we'll be talking about that in the next segment of the show, is that dawning on the insurance agents, on the insurance owners, the, the uh, what do you call them, the licensed insurance agents and the people who own the agencies? Are they saying, wait a minute, it really does matter. We can't just keep selling the same things and renewing. People want more information. They want to be savvy consumers. Is that dawning yet, Pat? Absolutely. I think, the, and then the question is really how do they make that happen and how do they get out from under the infrastructure and um, the systems that they have today? So it's about, as I said, it's really about transformation and about thinking differently. So some of it requires imagination and some of it is, frankly, um, you know, getting out from the encumbrances of, of what they have. But they can't throw it all away, right? So they need right. to think about how to, how to approach that. Very good. Thank you. And I want to quote a quote from Argina Myers, who is on Twitter, and she says, side-by-side comparisons, comparisons of policies. Is it enough? Are you using language your customers understand? Thank you for that footnote, Gina. It's exactly what we're saying. Guess what? We're going to take our first break. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're visiting and revisiting the digital insurer, customer centricity trends. My esteemed panel today is 
is comprised of Kathy Ann Hudson from IBM with a shout-out to David Slavinsky, Deb Smallwood from Strategy Meets Action with a shout-out to Mark Brading, Nate Golia, Insurancing Technology, shout-out to Nate, and Pat Saparito from SAP. So glad you're on the show today. Don't even think of touching that app, that mouse, that dial. However you're listening to us, we'll be right back with lots more. You know what's coming up next? I'll ask my guests what they're drinking today, what's in their cup, and if they have an SAP Game Changers Radio official mug. If not, I'll send them one, and then we're going to find out how the roundtable is going to help us unravel this very important topic that affects every one of our listeners. Don't even think of going away. We'll be right back. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP. SAP Systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Okay, here we are. We're back. I'm asking Gina Myers to tweet us and Malcolm Kimberlin and David. Tweet us what they're drinking today because it's time for me to ask my panelists what's in your cup today. Let's kick this off with Kathy Ann Hudson from IBM. What are you drinking or what do you wish you were drinking somewhere else, Kathy? Well, I decided to go to the tropics because I want to feel warm today, so I'm drinking orange and mango juice. Oh, nice. Is that homegrown, home-squeezed or comes in a bottle? It comes in a bottle. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Good. Glad sounds sunny and bright to go with the beautiful weather here. Deb Smallwood, what are you drinking today or? Well, what am I drinking? I have to tell you about what type of coffee cup I usually drink out of. And I collect okay. Starbucks cups. And they're oh. from all the various cities that I've traveled around the world. And I've been collecting them for 15 years. So today I'm drinking out of a Seattle cup. And I'll put anything in it, coffee, tea, water. Sometimes I even put ice cream, and that's usually my favorite to to eat and drink out of a coffee cup. Oh, wonderful. You know what? After the show, I'm going to send you a thank you note, Deb, and you can ask me to send you a complimentary SAP Game Changers radio mug, and I hope it will sit in a place of esteem on the shelf along with your Starbucks collection because people tell me everything tastes better in our mug, so let's do a little competition here. Thank you, Deb. Nate Golia, you know the drill. What are you drinking today, Nate? I'm drinking tea. I switched, to, uh, I switched from iced coffee to hot tea around this time of year. Uh, if I drink hot coffee, I get jittery for some reason. So, just a little bit of well, uh, or great tea. 
And okay, and you know what they say, you know what I always say, they don't let Bonnie have caffeine on show days and we all know why. So thanks. So are, are you less jittery, Nate? Are you, are you all settled and comfy? I'm just woken up enough without being jittery, yes. <laughs> I'm glad we don't want the jitters. Well, you're a pro on the radio, so we're not worried about that. Thank you, Nate. And Pat Saparito, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking a Ruse Booze uh, tea, which I discovered when I went to South Africa a couple of years ago with a customer. So um, that's what I'm drinking. I was going to say I'm drinking magic mushroom tea, but I thought I'd scare you all to death. <laughs> you just did. Now, spell for us what you really are drinking. I didn't get it. What is it? It's Ruse Booze. It's um, a red tea from South Africa. So, But you can get it anywhere in your supermarkets. Very interesting. Let me read a couple of tweets here. Malcolm says he's fresh out of Phil's Coffee. Just placed an online order with express shipping. Talk about customer centricity, Malcolm. Hope Phil's delivers quickly. I know you need that. David Slavinsky says he's drinking hot tea out of his official coffee break with Game Changers Radio mug. Thank you, David. And we'll read whatever Gina is drinking when she tweets us later. That's great. So let's dive into our roundtable segment. I'm going to ask my guest to talk to me. I'll start off with a couple of key points that you all sent me before the show, and then let's just make it a real virtual roundtable. Just jump in. So I'm going to start with something Deb Smallwood sent me in her notes, and she says, remember, this is all a journey. Innovation just does not happen with one idea or one event. It's transformational. It can get dark and murky along the path, but those who stick with it will be successful. So, Deb, let's talk about how this applies. We're talking about customer centricity, paper to digital, transformation journey in the insurance industry. Let's talk not just about how it doesn't happen with one idea, but is there a, a day, a time, a week, a year when we can mark when the insurance company got, insurance industry rather, got a wake up call that said, you have to innovate. You have to modernize. Customers have different expectations. They need you, but they need you to do it better for them. When can you say this happened or is, is that an ongoing process. Deb? You know, I, I think the industry is waking up over the last couple of years. They're starting to understand that the customer expectations are changing. And so we're hearing more and more insurers saying the words transformation, talking about innovation, giving the companies permission to have innovation. And we're seeing more projects and more um, initiatives around paper to digital and customer centricity. What it really takes is senior leadership to really have that vision and goal and really embrace an overall game plan or an overall roadmap. And it's one project at a time. It's one initiative at the time. Uh, as our opening remarks all talked about, the insurance industry is ex- extremely complex. It's filled with 30, 40 years of processes and complex mm-hmm. um, indist- uh, technologies. And it's also very paper centric. <laughs> so, and it's very internally centric. So we're starting to see that transformation, that journey to really start to put um, a view on from the customer looking into the insurance industry from their products and services. And the one thing that we all have to realize that it is a journey and that some of these initiatives, some of these investments actually may feel like we're going backwards. Um, it may get dark and murky, but that's why you need that sponsorship to really keep that vision, um, keep everyone uh, motivated, and to move forward. 
Thank you, Deb. Kathy Ann Hudson, I want to bring you in because I have some notes from you that, that are right along the same lines. You say, first, understand your customer's journey before enabling capabilities. But I want to add one more note you sent me. How and when insurers should respond with new products and services is challenging without losing ground to new competitors. So let's keep the conversation going, Kathy. Let's wrap in what your comments are. Please go. Sure. So, you know, to build on what Deb said, when I mm-hmm. talked to customers about seven years ago about this idea of customer centricity, it was really a polite conversation. It says, thank you. It's very interesting. And, you know, they went back to doing what they're doing. Um, but when we talk to them today, they really talk about, you know, what I call the incremental transformation in terms of what uh, Deb talked about in terms of project by project to innovate. Uh, and we tend to talk to them now about understanding the customer journey. So what is your future state customer experience and what are your future state customer segments that you want to serve? What are the tools and capabilities that your key segments want and how do you get there? Uh, there was a uh, statistic from Gartner that says that inadequate ROI will drive insurers to abandon 40% of their customer-facing um, mobile applications, for example. And that's because... Insurance, comp- insurance companies have not really started to or need to do a better job of listening to the customer in terms of what they want and really doing more to understand the customer and understand their segments. And, you know, with the idea of the incremental transformation or incremental projects, it typically starts with, you know, the customer data first, right, getting your customer data in order and then going into the analytics and going into the social listening as a sort of progression, right, in our customer-activated enterprise study, um, it showed that next to the C-level, customers will yield the most influence on a company's business strategy. And the area that uh, that's most likely for that to occur will be in new products and services. So insurers today need to start, you know, beginning to listen, then do, right? Do you have a shared view of the target experience based on what your mm-hmm. customers are telling you, for example? Um, is your digital competency, competency keeping pace with the changing consumer preferences as well? Interesting. Nate Golia, from, a senior editor from Insurance and Technology, I'm sure you have an opinion on this in terms of when did it dawn on the insurance industry that they had to pay attention? What is so important to them for survival, the customer experience, acknowledging it, embracing it, feeding into it, making sure it improves that the customers may one day actually be happy having to buy insurance? Nate, what's your point of view? What have you found through your work with INT? In terms of when it ha- when when it happened for them? Yeah, the whole thing. But what do you, what do you think? Was well, there a think, dawning one day? Did you wake up and they said, "Wow, we have to be customer centric," or has this been an evolution over a long period of time? It's been it's been really about uh, seeing leading what leading companies have done, companies that tried things early, um, and seeing where they've had success. And there's been some some fast followers. And I also do think that um, in the life insurance industry, especially that life insurance, I get statistics from a foundation that. Um, talks about life insurance sales a lot, about how it's undersold. There aren't a lot of people who have life insurance who will think they need it, but they are unclear about the cost or how to even procure it. And I think that in the life insurance industry especially, they're looking at their P&C brethren and seeing how they put all this money on advertising and um, you know, insurance, uh, auto insurance companies are household names and their mascots are household names. And the life insurance industry has seen those benefits. And now, they're like for example, that's saving the industry is just trying much harder to identify their customer, try and um, meet their customers' needs, find, find ways to use data um, on, their, on their customers to make sure they match up the product correctly, make sure that uh, people understand the true cost of the product, they don't think it's too expensive. 
and yes. stuff like that. It's been really, you know, it depends on business line. It depends on, um, you know, sort of what they've been watching in their situation. Okay, Nate, do you find that in your travels and, and as your senior editor position, how do the insurance companies know which customer experience to look at? Is there such a thing as a, what do we used to call it, a focus group? Do they get in people in a certain age group, people who maybe have had a an auto policy for the past 30 years and say, hey, what could we do to make it better? Or do they get in newlyweds who are just starting and they need family health insurance and they need a homeowner's policy and they say, what do you need as newlyweds to launch your life and have a good feeling about insurance? How do they get that customer experience? And I want you to just start this and I want Pat to chime in on this. So go ahead, Nate. Where, where do they get their data there's no there's no number of ways they can do it um you know some of that stuff is public data um and you can try just uh sort of spray and pray mailings um when i used to cover uh, database marketing a lot of companies will do things like that where they'll identify people at different life stages um companies multi-line companies will use their internal databases um and identify when people are um at different points in their lives um Maybe that you know someone's birthday, so they you know you know they're 22 or 23. So maybe they've graduated from college, or they're 26, 27. Maybe they're buying a house. Um, mm-hmm. So they, they they have those opportunities. Um, if if they have if they have contact, and that's where the agents you know come in and stay relevant. If agents are connect, if their agents are connected to their customers on social media, the agents can find out through public updates. Um, you know, where people are, and uh, they also have opportunities at policy renewal time to just ask if there's anything they need to add. I like that. I like that a lot. That is paying paying attention directly in the line of fire. I hope that doesn't uh, inflame anybody. Pat Saparito, what's your thought? How are the insurance companies going to become customer-centric in terms of what data should they look at? To whom should they speak? Uh, how many sample customers should they gather and go out and say, what would you like? What will make your life easier? Talk to me, Pat. Right. I think, so I think part of it is there's such a shift and a difference between, um, you know, the younger generation, right, who is living mobile, living everything real time. So listening to those channels, and I think that they are starting to do that, although frankly, they, I think a lot of them are struggling, um, with using things like customer sentiment. Um, if you're, you know, if you're a direct writer, obviously you have, um, you know, much more opportunity to speak directly to the customer. And using um, some of the service interactions, um, several years ago we saw some of the um, some of the insurance companies take this. Even if they're not a direct writer, they're writing through an agent. They've started to take the service off of the agent or the broker to have them focused on selling and do the servicing um, by the directly by the carrier. And that wasn't just to cut the costs out of the uh, the commission structure. It really was so that they could have that direct interaction um, with the customer, so that they could um, they could probe better and, and understand. Um, so I. Uh, and then the last part that um, piggyback on Nate's comment is I mm-hmm. think that they're starting to look at life events. They're truly looking at um, lifetime value and life events. Um, I might talk later about um, one customer that we had that wanted to get into a line of business that um, they weren't in. Uh, and the, what they wanted to do is put themselves in the customer's perspective. So they assumed a persona for who that customer was. Right. And then they, this is some design thinking approaches that we used um, with this customer. So using that empathetic approach and thinking it through and thinking through what were the opportunities in the buying cycle and how they wanted to interact, that's more of the kinds of things that I think carriers need to do. 
Good points all. I'm going to ask a question to the whole panel. I didn't ask you before the show, but does anybody have any statistics or any numerical guidance on churn? In other words, I, I think that's the correct word. If I change insurance carriers, let's say for my auto insurance, every five years, what does that do to the churn rate for my carrier? Is this something that's common? Are people jumping because they're just looking for a better cost effect, more cost effective budget fitting package from an insurance company and, and they think, well, they're all the same. It's an evil necessary. We've got to have it. I may as well go with somebody who, what's, what's the old Geico ads on the radio all the time and on the TV, that lovely little gecko, Geico guy. I love him, by the way. And uh, it, where he's saying, you know, save 15%, make that call today, save 15 this, 15 that. It matters. Budgets are tight. People don't think of insurance as, wow, I have the best plan on the block. I have the best car, the best house, the best trophy family. I look at my insurance policy. I don't think people are running out and bragging about it. It's like, damn, I have to have it. Who wants to talk about that? Churn rate and and the value of how do people really feel about their insurance policy? Anybody? Kathy, you want to go for that? Sure. Well, if you I, if you look at the amount of money spent on advertising in the U.S. by auto insurers, it's a good indication of just how competitive it is yes. with those customers that switch. And I can't I can't recall the um, exact statistic. Um, right now, but there is a small, there is a portion of customers who look not just every five years, but maybe every year to, to do that comparison to see if they can get a better deal. And, you know, that's why the insurance, the word insurance is the most expensive search term on Google. Um, really? It's, it's about $45 the last time I checked. Um, and that's why, you know, the Geico's and Progressive have such a large advertising spend compared to other retailers like Nike and Coca-Cola because of that comp- competition and that churn rate um, by those in- by those customers who you know shop around every year interesting yeah, think, and we all know flow on progressive go ahead who was talking yeah, please this is deb uh, the yes, the deb. churn rate or the renewals is is so key because it's so expensive to bring on new customers and just to why add why why is it talking Thank Why is it so expensive? Why is it so expensive to bring on a new customer, Deb? Um, advertising. It's also um, new business commissions to agents um, are higher than renewals. And um, the more you can keep a customer, the more you can really understand for pricing precision. So automobile has really become a commodity, and um, it's so easy to switch and it's so enticing that um, there is a lot of movement for the younger generation, the Gen Xs and the Gen Ys, um, mm-hmm. because they'll, they're, they'll use newer technology. I think, though, that family owners and older generations that have more than auto, that have homeowners and liability policies, then it becomes more of uh, maybe every five years or maybe never to move because it becomes a bigger deal. But if you're just looking at the commodity of automobile for young drivers, they're just constantly moving for the best price. Interesting, interesting. Go ahead. Yes, what do I add? I wanted to mm-hmm. add on to that. So, so one of the questions I think we need to talk about is so what happens right now with the with the new model? So we're seeing usage based insurance, and so are we getting to basically um, you know demand driven insurance? Right. Um, some of that, as long as um, you know, some of that is going to be dictated certainly by the regulators. So auto insurance is mandatory, right, or at least a certain level of it. But how it's sold and does it get sold now, people are not. The younger generation isn't even buying cars, right? I mean, what they're doing is renting them. 
count, mm-hmm. and by the hour, right, if you're in an urban area, um, certainly. So the question is, how does that usage-based insurance, how does that change um, the, the insurance model? And I think that's really interesting to take a look at and see how you price to that. How do you, um, how do you reach that audience? And it's not your agent anymore. Maybe Zipcar becomes your agent, right, because they're embedding the insurance in that model. So th- those are some things to think about. Very interesting. I just want to add a note here. A couple of weeks ago, we did a show on Urban Matters Best Run Cities, and one of our guests quoted author Lisa Gansky, author of The Mesh, Why the Future of Business is Sharing. Just let me read this quote, Pat. I think this may be what you're alluding to. The Mesh is an emerging business model based on network-enabled sharing, access rather than ownership, where consumers have more choices, more tools, more information, more peer-to-peer power to guide the choices. And we all know the huge success of the New York City bicycle sharing system. We've heard Mayor, outgoing Mayor Bloomberg talk about that. So it will be a sharing, perhaps rental, leasing, not ownership. And that certainly will impact what kind of insurance do you need to have? What's mandatory if you're going to be in this shared model or this rent-lease model rather than ownership model? Nate, do you have anything you want to add about the churn factor and uh, what we're talking about here? Well, I mean, obviously, it does cost more to uh, acquire a customer than retain one, which is why so many insurers are sort of leaning on their internal databases um, to sort of make sure that they're, you know, sort of getting all they can out of their current customers, making sure they have multiple lines and stuff like that. But the sharing economy, you know, it's an interesting point. I actually was reading an article today um, about uh, the the typhoon in the Philippines and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the suggestion, I mean, it's a very, it's an underinsured area that was hit. Um, there's, there's a lot of economic damage, but a lot of, a lot of it is insured and there are questions about what's the best way to, um, to get these, uh, to get these people insured against their, these, these catastrophes that are happening. And, um, the article I was reading was all about, you know, banks and insurance companies trying to get financial services to them. But then one of the comments says, well, why should they mess with big banks and big insurance companies? They can form their own little communal insurance uh, pot and have their own sort of nonprofit insurance without, you know, messing around the for-profit model. And, you know, you are seeing, you know, sort of small, small-scale ideas and in terms of – and lots of products. And insurance, you know, could be one of them. Um, I don't know that we'll see it necessarily uh, in the U.S. tomorrow. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of little things that are going on in different other economies – um, you know, here in Brooklyn, there's a lot of, of artisan foods and small, mm-hmm. and small sort of small batch uh, food that is, you know, it's a really, it's, it's hot, it's trendy, but it's also, you know, people are willing to pay for it and, uh, and, and they sort of get a, feel like get a premium from that kind of product. And, you know, there's, there's, there's ways that could be done with insurance as well, but um, that doesn't really help, uh, you know, big established insurance companies. They have to really sort of, you know, Explain their value um, and why they're why they're why they have more value than doing something on a small scale. Great points, Nate. Kathy Ann Hudson from IBM. I have a couple of talking points here. I, I want to dovetail what you what I'm going to read now with what Nate just said, and as well as Deb and Pat. You said customers will become part of your brand building or its destruction. That's a pretty severe ROI. It's destruction. Talking about insurers, and you also say having the right systems of engagement make every interaction with your customer, agents, and employees valuable. So you're saying every touch point could be part of your brand building. Is part of your brand building or and or its destruction. Talk to me, Kathy. Uh, this sounds like a very, very definitive ROI bottom line. Use it, build it, keep it, retain it, nurture it, love it. 
or lose it? Is it at that point right now in the ecosystem in the evolutionary cycle of insurers, Kathy? Well, well, you think about when you think about how uh, customers engage with all types of companies today. um, A lot of it happens on social media. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how, you know, how customers sort of voice their complaints. And unfortunately for the insurance industry, a lot of the engagement on social media has been negative in terms of mm. customers complaining versus praising. Right? In fact, I just actually saw one sort of praise today. Um, and so when we, we talk about, you know, customers will become part of your brand building or its destruction, we're thinking about how do you build customer loyalty and how do you turn that customer into an advocate so that they use their communities and their, their peer groups to advocate or, or suggest or recommend your brand versus um, another brand. So they become part of your, your brand marketing, right? And there are companies that do this really well. I, I think Nike does this really well um, on, a, on a large scale. When you think about the systems of engagement, it's really about extending your um, ecosystem and partnerships into helping you provide the right customer experience. So can you provide added services on top of the insurance policy to really engage your customer on an ongoing basis versus on a transactional basis, right? And can you do this not just to make it personal, but do it for millions of customers so that it's customized it's almost in near real time as well. Good comments. Anybody want to jump in here and add on to what Kathy just said, Deb or Pat? I'll, I'll just say that mm-hmm. what we're talking about is really, really hard for an insurance company. They are so product-centric of years yes. and years of processes, organization structures, even even goals and reward systems. Um, and for them to all of a sudden become more customer-centric and to really put a different lens on is is transformational, is a journey. Um, it can be done, um, but it's, it's really going to take um, a lot of time, a lot of energy. And I'll even throw out that when you go into an insurance company and you say, who is your customer, there's long conversations about who their customer is. Sometimes they'll go, well, it's our independent agent or it's our third-party claims adjuster, or it's they have many different customers. So uh, many are thinking about looking at customer centricity, uh, but this this is not an easy task. It's not going to happen on a on a flip of a or on a dime. Okay, so let's talk about. I want all the panel to jump in. I want everybody to answer this, please. Where? In the, we'll call it the, the hierarchy of insurers today. Let's talk about the big ones. Where does this motivation, this push, this evolutionary mantra, banner waving, if you will, where does it come from? Is it the CEO? Is it the CFO? Who has to sit everybody down and say, hey guys, hey gals, we've got to change. We can't just keep going product centricity. They're out there. They're screaming from the tops of their little Twitter handles, from their Facebook pages. They hate us. They're unhappy with us. They're churning. They're looking. Our costs are going up. Our insurance is becoming competitively more expensive because of Progressive, because of that little Geico Gecko guy. And and we have to survive. We have to change. So who is the one who is saying inside the industry, damn it, we have to change? Pat, where is it coming from? Okay. Well, I'd like to believe that it's coming from an emerging role, um, which is um, the chief analytics officer. And I don't mean that as being a technologist. I mean that someone who is really driving uh, culture 
and uh, innovation. So maybe you should call him the chief innovation officer, right? Um, ideally, it would be the CEO, um, but it's going to take a culture change, as Deb mentioned. Um, and actually, it's, it's kind of interesting. I talk about the first chief analytics officer um, that I saw in the industry was actually uh, Michael, um, uh, Michael, um, I'm going to say Bernstein, and this was um, five years ago at Safeco, right? He reported mm-hmm. directly to Paul Reynolds, CEO, uh, who came from outside the industry, by the way. Unfortunately, that was short-lived when um, Safeco got acquired by uh, by Liberty Mutual. But so. So my uh, my desire is to have it be at the C level, and maybe it is a uh, it might be a, um, a chief analytics officer. It could also be the chief marketing officer. Okay, Nick Golia, where is it coming from? This evolutionary push inside. Uh, I think it's coming from sort of newer employees who are going to be coming into these companies and sort of saying like, I don't. You know, this this is how people. Uh, of my age group or generation want to interact. This is um, something that we really have to move towards as a company. Otherwise, we're going to be sort of, you know, dinosaurs. Um, I work in, in the media business, and you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of change going on in media as well. And you know, when people talk about going to online only, you do get a lot of sort of dudes in their 50s who are these, you know, old print journalists who are who decry the loss of the print model, but, you know, I can't really get on board with that because I don't, I don't really read any print publications myself. It would be sort of silly of me to say, <laughs> to insist that we continue, that, that companies continue to print um, paper uh, publications when, when no one else, when no one's really reading it. And I think that's, you know, going to be the thing that insurance companies are going to say. they be like, well, we have to come up with these new models because the old model isn't just not something that people are interested in. And, and um, I think that you know insurance companies will listen to their own employees, uh, hopefully. And and I, and I think Great that point. they're yes, looking more savvy at this point, and you know the higher level executives see the, sh- the shift happening. I love what you just said, dudes in their 50s. I, I have to crochet that somewhere. Nate, thank you. You know what? We're going to take our break. I've put the panel through their paces. We're now at 1149 New York time. We're going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Kathy Ann Hudson, IBM, Deb Smallwood from SMA Strategy Meets Action, Nate Golia, Senior Editor of Insurance and Technology, and Pat Saparito, Senior Director in the Global Center of Excellence for Analytics at SAP. Polish off that crystal ball. Run out right now on the break. Get it out of the trunk of your car the attic, the basement, wherever. Polish it off, clean it off. We're going to come back, and I'm going to ask each of you, five years from today, if we had this conversation, would we even be saying the same things? Will the insurance industry be so customer-centric? We'll just wipe our hands and say, hey, it's great. Everybody loves their insurance company. Everybody loves their agent. What? We'll be right back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers. Don't even think of touching that dial. Brad out. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com 
When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Hope you stuck around for the good part here. We're going to be getting predictions from my panelists. Let's start off with Kathy Ann Hudson from IBM. If we had this conversation five years from today in 2018, or you tell me how far out you can see maybe blue skies in the crystal ball, Kathy Ann Hudson, what would we be saying about customer centricity? Done deal or still a transition and a journey? Talk to me. So I think I'm looking a little further ahead than five years, but it's, it's something that Nate touched upon earlier, and I'll say what is old is new again, and I'll call it smack insurance, right? So as customers' needs for risk and security and wealth become more fine-tuned, more complex, more granular and more fluid, especially with the younger, more digitally savvy consumers that are entering a market, I think we may see a return to the roots of insurance, right, where there are new types of you know, the Philadelphia contribution ship that was started by Ben Franklin, but there will be startups that are digitally enabled and socially driven. So what do I, what do I mean by SMAC? So these new types of uh, insurance startups will be socially driven, you know, where you find these communities of likeness of people who are peers, uh, likened to the old guild, um, guild groups. Social will be used for advice and service. Mobile will be primary and will be used for engagement, for insurance for transactions, for advice, um, and for location-based services, for example. Then analytics will fine-tune the underwriting, help greater selection in the segment selections, real-time claims payout might be a possibility, and all done on cloud. I love it. And you just talked in the beginning of your prediction comment, Kathy. By the way, you said more than five years. What year are we talking about? Five or ten out? Twelve? Talk to me. How long? <laughs> well, this is a marathon, not a sprint, so I would say maybe 10, 15 years. <laughs> okay. And when you said the old becomes new, I think that, that brings back to one of my favorite French phrases, which is plus ça change, plus à la même chose. We'll leave it at that. Deb Smallwood, Strategy Meets Action. Predictions. How far out can you see? And what are your predictions, Deb, please? Well, I'll take us to uh, 2018, five years. I think this is the first time in my 30 years in the industry that the insurers are really thinking about customer centricity, this whole digital to paper. And in five years, I think we'll see great progress. I think we'll start to see a significant shift from product-centric to customer-centric. I think they'll start to figure out what that balance is between product and customer. And I think over the next five years, we're going to see the outward-facing um, touch points to customers, so portals, mobile, websites, social media, how insurers communicate, how they the touch points either through texting or paper or how, how they communicate. Um, I think we're going to see convergence. I think we're going to see changes. It's all part of the journey, but in five years, I'd love to be able to come on this radio show and say, see, we have made progress. Great. I like that, and hopefully we'll still be doing it. So (laughs) consider yourself invited back, Deb. And Regards again to Mark. Okay, Nate Golia, five years ahead, or what do you see, Nate? What's the crystal ball, cloudy or sunny? 
I mean, I think it's, it's, it's funny. I think companies are getting what's going on. I think insurance remains a product that people need. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I just turned 30. My wife is 29. You know, she has her own business. We have a young family. And, you know, we, just because we're young, I mean, we're not thinking about uh, insurance coverage or the, you know, the best getting ways to lock in the best coverage now. I think it's going to, what we're gonna, really going to see is can insurers, um, underst- you know, understand customer centricity to the point where they are offering uh, products and, and, and touch points um, that, you know, are, make it easy for people to interact with them, but also um, sort of, you know, keep, keep the, the industry uh, um, well regarded. Um, there's, there's always, you know, little kerfuffles when someone's not covered. And I think that one of the, mm-hmm. the best things insurers could do would be to focus on education and make sure people know what they're getting into and what's covered so that um, they don't run afoul of the public, which is so, so easy to, to disseminate uh, dissatisfaction now. Certainly is because of social media. Thank you. Pat Saparidio, I give you exactly one minute. Pat is Senior Director in the Global Center of Excellence for Analytics at SAP. Pat, predictions, go. Right. Um, I see it being on-demand, truly one-to-one, customized, just in time, and really being integrated, uh, taking the um, banking, even including going beyond insurance and looking at uh, a network of state- stakeholders from a customer-centric or insured-centric perspective. So that would be banking, it'd be finance, looking at health and wealth management, um, as well as just traditional property casualty exposures. And one last correction, Michael Bernaski mm-hmm. now was, ah, the that's who right. was the chief analytics officer. Yes, thank you very much, Pat. And I have a quick shout-out to David Slavinsky. He says his predictions are, five years from now, I will have two daughters at driving age. Can you say hashtag insurance? Yes, we certainly can, David. And uh, by the way, uh, Nick Olia, happy birthday. You just turned 30. Welcome to the real world. What can I say from the other end of the spectrum? Baby boomer land here. Okay, let me do my predictions. Very easy. Next Wednesday, coffee break with Game Changers right here, 11 a.m. Eastern. It's November 27th. What? What? The day before Thanksgiving couldn't be. Banking fraud, part two. Yes, we're going to talk about banking fraud. You know what? I think I'm a week ahead. I think I'm a week ahead. Anyway, it's coming up. Tomorrow, Startup Focus with Game Changers. Great new series we started a couple weeks ago, November 14th. The topic is the pros and cons of starting up outside Silicon Valley or Silicon Valley, a state of mind. Last week we talked about Startup Nation Israel. Now we're focusing on the valley right here. And next Tuesday on HR Trends with Game Changers, Tuesdays, noon Eastern time. November 19th, Leadership Trends, Leading the Millennial Generation. What do you think about that? Yes, we're going to have a really great Great conversation. Yeah, I think I was a week ahead on the banking show, but it's banking fraud November 20th. Correction there. Thank you to my wonderful panelists, Kathy Ann Hudson, Deb Smallwood, Nate Golia, Pat Saparito. Wonderful. You played well in the sandbox. Appreciate your camaraderie. Great insights, great expertise, and shout-outs, of course, to Malcolm Kimberly, my co-producer, David Slavinsky, Gina Myers. Great tweets. Thank you. Brad, glad you're feeling better, and congratulations. You're returning to college. We're proud of you. And the Business Channel team, I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and here is my call to action. Okay, fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Signing off for another episode of Coffee Break with Game Changers. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Business Channel for Startup Focus with Game Changers presented by SAP. That's it. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. 
The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign SAPRADIO. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. 